0: hello and welcome to the lifestyle podcast a place where we talk about all things holistic living personal growth mindset career and more here we have open-minded conversations that will inspire you to lead with your intuition and go from dreaming to doing i'm your host aaron and i cannot wait to share this journey with you so let's hop on into today's episode hello hello welcome back to a brand new episode of the podcast i am in such a good mood today because the weather is finally you know it's finally getting nice and i thrive in warm weather i'm not a winter person (laughs) and unfortunately you know living in canada it's it, it doesn't quite add up because winter here is just awful. So, you know, most of the year I'm just cooped away inside and it's too friggin cold to do anything. So I'm in such a good mood because I love when the weather <laughs> becomes nice and summer is in sight. But yeah, anyway, so I am excited to share with you today's episode because I think it is such an important topic and I feel like this is something that needs to be taught in schools, but it's just not. And, you know, I think... There needs to be a lot more open conversations about money and about finances and about creating wealth and building wealth. You know, we all just need to be a lot more open about that stuff. So today I'm sitting down with Holly Morphew and she's an award winning financial coach and author and a speaker. Her first book, Simple Wealth, is a number one bestseller on Amazon in nine out of ten categories. And she's the founder and CEO at Financial Impact, where she helps you on your journey to financial freedom. So Holly in this episode goes over, you know, her story from being in debt to creating her own financial freedom and how she really manifested that into her life and how she really changed her mindset around money because money is just like everything else in life. You know, it is that that energy and we have I feel like a lot of us have a scarcity mindset when it comes to money or a fear mindset when it comes to money. I know I do for sure. And that's something I'm actively trying to work on in my own life. And I think that's just natural. You know, when people think of finance and money, it is that scary topic. But I think the more we can open up conversations surrounding it, the better things can become. And the more we know and the more we learn, it's just all going to help us on our path to financial freedom. And I think that is so in so 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 important especially you know for us who identify as women I think it's a very important thing to be financially free so with all that being said I really hope you gain some value from this episode I know I learned a lot and it made me so motivated to sit down and really be intentional with my money and be intentional about the life that I want to create for myself so I hope you do gain some value from it I hope you learn something and uh yeah otherwise let's hop on right into it Thank you so much, Holly, for coming on the show today. I'd love if you could just give us a little quick background on everything it is that you do.
1: Oh, yes. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I love talking about money and abundance. This is my most favorite topic in the world, and I'm a financial coach and accredited financial counselor. And my company is called Financial Impact, and we help entrepreneurs and professionals create personal wealth and financial independence. And, you know, I just think that money is a conversation that for some reason is taboo in our culture, and we don't really teach financial education in school. So the result is that most people, you know, whether they go into the real world at 18 or They go to college, they're, they're getting money, they're earning money and they don't know what to do with it. And then because we're not talking about it, there's confusion and a confused mind says no, and not to mention the lack of doing, doing anything with money. Is the shame that really builds up over time for people who, you know, for example, see other people on social media or hear that they're supposed to be in this place in life and they're not there, and they're wondering why it's hard to pay bills and why do I have so much debt? And it's like, wait a minute, I thought I did everything right, and I'm not feeling like I'm living this life that I set out to live for myself. And so, I think using money as the as an indicator of success is just so backwards and Really, my mission is to help as many people as I can create personal wealth for themselves. And wealth is for everyone. Money is infinite. And building wealth is only 20% strategy and 80% psychology. So I like to start there. And, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years. I actually started teaching personal finance as a service project through Rotary International. And I'd go to local high schools, and, you know, I just thought, if kids get started on the right foot, instead of making all the mistakes that a lot of my friends made, then life would just be so much easier. And so, you know, I I was working in real estate at the time and I was having to take time off work to teach this workshop because it was a total success. And then I had parents of my kids wanting to sit in on it and teachers wanting to sit in on it. And that was like the light bulb moment for me. I was like, okay, it's not just young adults that want to learn about money it's all ages. And you know now that I've been in the game for 15 years, I can see that wherever you are on the wealth spectrum is totally okay. All it takes is three years to do anything, whether you're in a hole of debt or you want to take a six-figure income to a seven-figure income or a seven-figure business to an eight-figure business. It is all totally possible because we're living in 2021 and it's an amazing time to be
0: alive. It's funny. I wrote down before you mentioned it too. I wrote down shame. Because as a society, why is it that we all feel this weird shame about money or it's, you know, it's not proper to talk about money. I know in my group of friends, it's something we've all kind of broken the ice with where we've said, you know, how much we make and talk about our salaries and stuff. But it was this weird thing where we all felt like, are we allowed to talk about this? Like, is this okay? And I, I don't know, it seems like we all grew up thinking we weren't allowed to talk about money and maybe that's like the older generations. It was much more taboo. Why is it, do you feel, do you think that we feel this shame when it comes to money?
1: Well, and I also want to add that this could be a female thing, you Mm -hmm. know, that we're taught not to talk about money And, you know, without getting too far into the patriarchy that we live in, if you just look at the facts, you know, I think the shame comes into play because it's secretive. And anytime we're living with a secret that can feel shameful because, you know, it means that what, what we know to be true, maybe isn't what we're putting out to the world. So there's a misalignment there. And in our mental, in our mind, brain, the brain, the organ that thinks for us, because I do believe that we have three different brains in our body. We have the, the mind brain, which is the brain. We have the heart brain and we have the gut brain and the brain's job is to think. And so when we're in those quiet moments, really thinking about our lives and reflecting on our lives, money does play a component in it because it is how we get our needs met. And it is in the world that we live in the manifestation of our quote unquote success. Again, I always go back to that is just completely backwards because when you really think about why you want to be wealthy. Like, think about it for a minute. Like, why do I want to be wealthy? Probably there are some feelings that come with that. Like for me, it's because I want to have more freedom and choices in life it's because I want to feel good about myself and I want to be able to do the things that I want to do when I want to do them. That has nothing to do with material things. And so when you can go beyond what money and quote unquote wealth will give you and create what I call a personal life vision, then you can start to work backwards and make your money fit into that. But We do live in a world where we are trained from the time that we go to kindergarten until the time that we graduate from college to be workers and consumers and spenders. And we know that that is not what makes us happy. Like a new top or a great pair of jeans might make me happy for about 10 minutes. But at the end of the day, it doesn't actually increase the joy that I get from living my life. And so when we go inward, when we really tap into what is it that I truly value in life and then create a personal life vision, which is basically a statement about the world that you want to live in, the way you want to show up, the world that you want to see, then you can stay laser beam focused on that. And every single decision that you make every day, like every day we're making spending decisions all day long. Yes, no. And and we're being bombarded with requests to get us to say yes. So we have to be our own advocate and know like, no, I'm not going to spend five bucks a day on a coffee because I'd rather have a latte in Milan, you know, and it's a reframe like that to empower you when it comes to your money, instead of feeling disempowered, you know, like there's just no reason to think that you're more valid as a person because you have more money because that is just simply not true. But yet that's the messaging that we get. So separating that is really important.
0: I kind of want to touch on like rich versus wealth too. So I was listening to a podcast last week and they started touching on finances. And this was the first time I heard this and it made me think in a different way, but they said rich is what you see and wealth is what you don't see. And I Mm. was like, Ooh, I love that. And I don't know, for me, I feel like money, it's, it's a topic that's way over my head. And I wish I knew more about wealth and managing money and all of this stuff. And as you said before, you know, it should be taught in school. Like this should be something that is the utmost important for, for young people growing up to learn about, but I think a lot of people just automatically think, you know, you need to be making six figures or seven figures to be wealthy or start building wealth in your life. So could you explain to us, you know, what exactly is wealth and why is it important for us to, to create that?
1: Yes. And there's a modern definition of wealth and there is an original definition of wealth. And I'm going to share both because they're both important. Mm-hmm. So wealth is a combination of having positive cash flow and positive net worth. And I want to take a minute to explain what that is because it matters. And understanding that really is the first step and, and we'll break it down. Like wealth is simple, simple. Wealth is the name of my new book. Um, And I wrote this book because once you understand what to do with your dollars and in what order to do it, there is no way that you can fail to build wealth. Like you will build wealth. So we'll go through those pillars of wealth here in a minute. But positive cash flow, which is really the first step, just means that you earn more than you spend. And that's a golden rule of money. There are three golden rules of money. And the first one is earn more than you spend. So if you want to get started with a financial goal or just get started building wealth in general, the first place to start is to, on an every 30-day basis, look at the money that you can expect to come in and look at the money that you can expect to go out. And whatever the difference is, income minus expenses, I call that your impact number. And that's the money that you can start putting to its highest and best use. And there are infinite ways to increase your impact number. I mean, Increase your income, decrease your expenses. There's so many ways to do this. And it can be really fun. In the process of doing that, it builds your self-confidence. It helps you get super dialed into like what is really important to you. And so the pillars of wealth begin number one is maximize your cash flow because the more money that you have to work with each month, the faster you're going to get to wealth. But not everybody wants to get to wealth in five years. Some people are like, I am I just want to live for today and I want to know that tomorrow's taken care of. And that's a beautiful place to be. Before I, I finish out the other three pillars of wealth, just to complete, you know, what is wealth? The other part of it is positive net worth. And net worth is also a simple calculation. And it, it's just what you own minus what you owe. So what you own, for example, is, you know, valuable jewelry or collectibles or your car or your home, anything that you could sell that has value is what you own. And what you owe are your loans. And this is where we have to be really careful because we do live in a system that is set up for us to take on more and more and more loans. It's easy, you know, if you live in the U.S. or if you live in Canada or any, you know, um, Western kind of society, banks and lenders want to give us as much credit as they can because that's how they make money. And so that's why financial education is so important because you could say, oh, wait a minute. No, I don't want to get that house or car that's going to eat up most of my income because it's actually really important to me. It's a high value. For me to travel or to take time off work. And lenders don't know that. They're always going to approve you for the biggest loan that you can get. So that's just, you know, that's really something to keep in mind. And over time, you want your net worth to go up. If you're in your 20s, you know, just know you are at the very beginning. Of your life. And life is long if you're lucky enough to live. So just know that you have a lot of years ahead of you to build personal wealth. You know, every day you're either building wealth or you're not. It doesn't matter how much money you make. What matters is how much you keep and what you do with it. And so just to you know wrap this up, the next three pillars and, and that's it, you're done is number one to eliminate your debt. The next one is to save and the next one is to create residual income. And they go in that order. And it's as simple as that.
0: Can you expand a little on your journey with money too, and um, how you were able to get, you know, financially free in three years? Yes.
1: Yes. And, you know, I'm great with money. In fact, I come with a family of money talkers. My mom uh, is a real estate investor and my dad's an entrepreneur. And, um, but even though, you know, I come from that background, I also don't have a perfect um, track history with money because I'm not perfect. And if you're on this path of life or building personal wealth, you have to know it is going to ebb and flow. Like we all get dealt different cards in life, and being able to adapt to those cards and be curious and ask yourself what is the lesson in this—that's really like the golden nugget. I I was that person who kind of did all the things and then found myself asking like, whoa, 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 this does not feel good. I'm actually not happy. And I was at a point where I was working 60 to 70 hours a week. I was working in real estate. And at that time, I had been in the industry for a few years. And when I was 20 years old, I was diagnosed with a chronic illness. And like many 20 year olds, I kind of ignored it. And I was a little bit in denial. And then after I graduated from college, I moved to the East coast with three of my best girlfriends, got a great job. And then bam, I got sick and my medication, my insurance didn't cover my medication and it was $5,000 a month. Oh so God. I started charging that on credit cards. And on the one hand, thank goodness I had the credit because my mom had taught me and my brother and my sister to start building our credit at a young age. Cause you never know. If you might need it, or if it might be a strategic tool to help you jump from one lily pad to another. You know, debt is not bad. Debt is a tool. You just have to understand it. And so, you know, for about six months I did that. You know, I I was an entry-level employee. It was my first job that I had out of college. Um, was, you know, just charging my medication. And then I remember one day. <laughs> I was walking home from work and I stopped by the pharmacy to pick up my medication. And and I remember the pharmacist who was kind of like standing up above on a, on like a little perch. And I remember her looking down on me and I had was handing her my credit card. And she said, she's like, you know, honey, this isn't covered by your insurance. And I just felt a tear, you know, slide down my cheek. And I thought, yeah, I know, but it's, it's, it's either this or it's my life. Like what's more important. And so I had to ask myself, like, what is more important? And that was the moment when I decided to move back home and live with my parents. And because I needed the nurturing, I needed to get better. And, um, and I knew that that what I was doing wasn't going to help me financially down the road and that was important to me. And so that was like one of the be- the best lessons that I learned was you have to decide what is the reason that we get out of bed every morning and go to this job or go work hard at the business that we love that we're putting all of our efforts into. The point if you're working a job or if you have a business which the the purpose of a business is to be profitable although i'm a business coach myself and i always say there's another if you work with me it's got to be profitable and make a positive impact because that's just as important and there's this intangible component that kicks in when you're when you're tapped into yourself and you're vibrating at that high level and so so a few years later after i had accumulated all of this debt i was I had this job that was 40 miles away from where I lived. And we had three back-to-back snowstorms in Colorado. I was driving a front-wheel drive Honda Accord. And I called my boss and I said, you know what? I think it's a risk for me to get on the highway and come into work today. And she said, well, if you don't come in, you're fired. And that was when I thought, okay, I better really take a look at my numbers. Like I was doing mental accounting at that time. You know, like I kind of had an idea of what was coming in and what was going out, but I'd actually never written it down. Like, where, what do I spend money on and how much debt do I actually have? So I made it to work that day and home. And that night I, I added up my, the actual balances on my credit cards and I had $67,000 in credit card debt. Ooh, yeah. I, realized that I was living in the metaphorical house of cards. Like if I didn't get my next paycheck, I wouldn't make my mortgage. I wouldn't be able to pay my car payment and all of my credit card payments. And so I called my financial advisor the next day and I asked him for help. You know, I was like, I'm in trouble. How do I get out of this mess that I've created? And he asked me how much more money I wanted to invest. And I was like, I don't have any money to invest. That's why I'm coming to you. And so that's when I realized that there was a huge gap between how do we create more money in our lives? and then where a financial advisor does their great job is to help us invest money that we already have, but I wanted to get to the point where I had more money in my life. And so I spent the next year studying business, studying investing, studying personal finance, debt elimination, money management. And three years later, I was completely debt free. And then, you know, shortly after that, I had money in the bank and I just created this simple three-step system. I call it the financial impact system. That's what's in my book, Simple Wealth. And then it wasn't until I got into my 30s I was, you know, 36 years old. I had been married for 10 years. We decided to marry, uh, end our marriage um, amicably. Thank, thank you. I'm so happy and blessed as because of that. But as a result of my divorce, I had to start over again because we ran a business together, and so I really had to look at myself then. And at the time, I was becoming more open to these spiritual practices of affirmations, being in community taking time to come into my heart and get out of my head through meditation, spending time in nature, a, a giving practice, a self-acknowledgement practice, a gratitude practice. And I just started implementing these into my life. And I made that the core. I made my spirituality the core of everything I did. And then from there, to me, it looked like a circle. Spirituality was at the core. And then it was like hobbies, relationships, work, family, you know, entertainment, all the other things that I liked. And three years after that, I became financially independent. And financial independence is the point when work becomes a choice because all of the income you receive from passive income sources can cover your expenses. And so now that's what I teach and preach. And I'm so excited about it because we are co-creating every single moment and your money is no exception to this.
0: Yeah, that's very much so how I try to live my life now. It's like getting in tune with your true self and everything else on the outside sort of just falls into place after that. Um, there was two things that you mentioned there that I, I jotted down on my paper. The one thing about you know a business's purpose Purpose is making profit and also having an impact. And I think we're seeing such a shift in the way businesses are run in today's society because people want to be able to connect with the businesses as well. They want to share the same values. Whereas, you know, a couple decades ago, it was very much just profit, profit, profit. You know, consumerism, capitalism, just sell people crap and they'll buy it up, type of thing. And now it is very much no, we want to feel intentional about what we're buying. I want to connect with the brands that I'm doing business with and and all of that stuff. So I do see that as being a positive shift in the way things are going. And another thing that you mentioned was the the mental accounting. <laughs> and I think that made me laugh a little in my head because I'm like that is me. That is 100% me. I'm like raising my hand here. I always just have numbers floating around and I think, you know, most people probably do or when people get in situations where you know, they have debt building up. And it's like, the last thing they want to do is look at their bank accounts, because it's scary. And, you know, that causes a lot of fear. And it's like, okay, if I can't pay my mortgage this month, or my credit cards are maxing out, or, you know, whatever the case is, that's a scary situation for people. And um, I know when I had debts, I didn't like to look at it either. When I had money, I could put on it, I obviously would. But I I would go, you know, a month or two without even checking my bank account just because it scared the crap out of me. And um, yeah, I'd love to hear, you know, how like do you have any tips for how we can start, (laughs) you know, a process of of becoming a little bit more financially free?
1: Yes, so many tips. And, you know, I just want to point out that it's totally natural to feel fear when it comes to money. Again, because for most people, they're they're doing it for the first time. Anytime we're doing something for the first time it can be scary, but, um, you know, awareness is a really powerful thing. And when it comes to fear, the way to dissipate that fear and to make it go away is to look at it. And Thich Nhat Hanh, who's a Tibetan Buddhist, he talks a lot about how just by shining the light of awareness on something, it will just start to resolve itself. And I think that's so beautiful. Like when it comes to money, there is no judgment Do not judge yourself. You are doing the best you can with what you have been given. And today is a new day. You know, there's a a quote by Siddhartha, actually, what you are is what you have been and what you will be is what you do now. And that just speaks to me because every day we have the opportunity to change. Like you can change your body, you can change your health, you can change your finances, and it all begins with awareness. So, you know, the first step in that awareness process is to actually look at your numbers and just be kind and gentle with yourself. Because once you know where your money is going, you can start to reallocate your dollars to the buckets that are going to help you build wealth and ultimately become financially independent. You know, and our parents call this retirement. You know, retirement is when you've saved enough money that you can live off the returns and it's called your nest egg, the amount of money that you've saved in your savings accounts, retirement accounts and investment accounts to support you until you pass away. But, you know, for millennials, Gen X, Gen Z, it's different. It's just totally different today and Um, because there are so many ways to make money, you know, adding in a little passive income stream to me is really exciting. And if there's something that you love to do, or you have a skill or you have some resources, this is like my super genius skill is helping people turn that into money and make a positive impact at the same time. So I have a a template that you can grab on my website. It's financialimpact.com. Just go to the resources page and it's called a wealth strategy. And it's, it's just a simple spreadsheet where you can plug in your income, your expenses, and then it will auto calculate your financial independence number, which I think is really fun because it helps you see like how on track you are towards financial independence it will help you calculate your net worth and also what's on on the wealth strategy are your assets and 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 when i say assets i mean your assets are your savings accounts your retirement accounts if you have any investments even if they're small investments they count and just like opening those accounts opens the flow it creates the channel it creates the possibility for you to send money to those accounts so I would just start. And there are really two places to start. I'm going to give you one strategy and I'm going to give you one psychology. And the strategy is to calculate your impact number. So in the next 30 days, calculate how much money you can expect to bring into your bank account. This is your net pay. However much money is going to come in, just write it down. And then over the next 30 days, add up how much money you're going to be, you're going to have in expenses and then subtract your income minus expenses. That's the money you have to put to its highest and best use debt elimination, savings and residual income. Does that make sense?
0: Mm -hmm, Totally. And just rolling off that a little bit too. you know, how, you know, money and looking at everything can be a little bit scary for a lot of people. And I just wanted to talk about the whole mindset around money because I think, you know, I know I have limiting beliefs when it comes to money. And I think I view it with a scarcity mindset where, you know, if other people are succeeding and doing amazing, then that means less for me. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And I kind of love how you view money in the way that it's neutral and It's funny because I like to think of pretty much everything else in life in that way, except for when it comes to money, which is why I know I have those limiting beliefs around it. But, you know, like when it comes to food or something, there is no good or bad food. It's just food. And the same thing with money. It's not good or bad. It's just you know, it is what it is kind of thing. And whoever's hands it in, whoever's hands it's in decides how it's spent. And, um, it all comes down to our own perception of it at the end of the day too, and how we view it in the world. So how can we start shifting those limiting beliefs and the way
1: that we, that we view money or change our mindset on money? I would start with a gratitude practice. And it's probably something that you talk about a lot with your listeners, but, you know, um, getting into a state where you appreciate what you have, it does raise your vibration. There's a lot of science around this because you're, you're in a state where you're so thankful and And appreciative of the things that you have because of the law of attraction, you will start to invite more things into your life to appreciate and to be thankful for, you know, it is a shift, but I would encourage you to just kind of do this, this one, like mindful practice and, and just think for a minute about the world that we live in. And we actually do already have enough air Water and food on our planet for everyone. We are already in a state where we have everything that we need. And this idea that we need more, that's where the scarcity mindset starts to, to kick in. And so the more you can stay super focused on what it is that you have, you will feel that and you will begin to attract that. And then taking it a, a another step further is a giving practice is another great way to help you change your mindset because when you give to someone and it doesn't mean you have to donate financially to an organization or to someone, you can give a smile, you can hold the door, you can give your energy, you can participate in something, you know, using your, your physical labor. That also creates this, this next level of um, a feeling in your body of in giving is receiving. And so when your focus is there It helps you open up the channels of creativity and it's that creativity and that feeling when you're in the zone, when you just feel so good, that's when you can really truly start to create things that the world wants to compensate you for. See this truth. Like we know it and we feel it. And if you've ever met someone who just the things that they put out are just so awesome and so valuable, it's because they're getting into a place of alignment before they even ever start to do any work and and aligning yourself, aligning your soul With what is your truth inside is what's going to help you be more productive at work. Have those great ideas for, you know, if you have an online business for the campaigns or the social or the launch or the product that you're putting out that you know is really going to resonate with people because it's coming from your source. And so getting connected to your source of infinite wisdom, which is inside you, that's what's going to allow you to bring in that extra money the the abundant money the money that's going to be like whoa i mean just imagine you can be at a point where you don't have student loans you don't have a car loan you don't have a mortgage you can actually keep all the money that you make you don't have to spend and when you really think about where you're spending and ask yourself like once you've done this exercise where you've written down where your money is going Like, just ask yourself, does that, is that aligned with what it is that I value? Is that spending aligned with where I want to be financially in 12 months or 24 months? And I think that you might find that you actually, you don't need as much as you thought you needed. And it will also help you realize that there is so much power in knowing that a want is just a want. Like once you recognize, oh, I just want, I always use jewelry and clothing because I love fashion, (laughs) but it's like, I just want that. But that's all it is. It's just a feeling like, what is the feeling that that new $1,500 bracelet is going to bring me? And then I realize, oh, it's going to make me feel good about myself, or it's going to make me feel sparkly or whatever. How can I create that feeling in my life? right now in this moment.
0: I love that. And I think, you know, that is something I talk about a lot is creating intentions in life and cultivating feelings. And as you said, you know, I, you know, I love fashion and, and jewelry and makeup and I love all of that stuff as well. But I realized I found myself caught up completely, especially when I, you you know start, started down the blogging path i was so consumed by you know trends and what's new and what's out there that i completely lost touch with my own values and i was very much seeking external things and always having the the hottest trend of the moment and it took me you know a little while to really bring it back to myself and get true to what i value in life yeah i really really love what you just said about getting 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 into- touch with your values because if that bracelet that you want or that new designer handbag you know it's it's fleeting as well it's going to what make you happy for a week a month you know and then after that you you might be over it or the next hottest thing is going to come around it's just a vicious cycle so how can we be more intentional with where our money is going. And if we look at that, no different than we do any other area of our life, because I also like to think of, you know, I had um, someone else on the podcast recently who was talking about energies in our spaces as well and creating energy in our rooms. You know, what's the intention you want to set for your bedroom? You know, you want it to be calm and peaceful. So how can you make it feel that way? So yeah. Why would it be any different with With money or how you allot your dollars, you know, what is that feeling you want to create? And it doesn't necessarily mean spend more, 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 but get true to yourself on what it is that you actually want and what you value? Because I, you know, I rarely buy brand new clothes anymore. Um, I love thrifting and things like that instead, but like rarely do I ever buy it because I'm so much more in touch with myself now and Mm -hmm. knowing what I truly value. And for me, it's like, I'd rather a lot dollars for traveling, when things like that are allowed again in the future. But, you know, cultivating the feelings is what's what's truly important. And I wanted to kind of ask sort of rolling off that as well is do you feel like wealth and self love go hand in
1: hand as well? I do. I do. I think that, you know, the idea is to want what we have. And the more that you can be kind and gentle to yourself and and build yourself up and be okay with who you are right now, today, without doing anything, the more you're going to feel good about yourself. And, you know, I think that money often is a way for us to just achieve, achieve, achieve. Like, oh, if I have more money, I'm going to be happier. I'm going to feel better about myself, but ask any rich person and they will tell you that more money does not mean more happiness. And, you know, that kind of brings me back to the, the complete definition of wealth, the original definition of wealth, which comes from the English root, well, which means state of good fortune, health, and happiness. So originally the word wealth meant the convergence of those three things. As you go on this path to creating personal wealth or to creating health or to creating happiness, you will start to find that those three things, they kind of start to balance out because in a lot of ways they're, I know they're not all the same, but on a, on like almost a metaphysical level, they are the same. I think that with anything, with happiness, with health and with wealth, the first step is to face it and to face it from a place of curiosity and non-judgment and just knowing that you're perfectly 100% loved and complete and whole right now. There's nothing that you need to do to be more worthy to feel that to really feel those feelings from the inside where it's like your default state that comes from the practices the practices of stillness and meditation of spending time in nature of being in community and and talking about money with your friends so that you know that you're not so alone so that you have someone to ask questions of it is the best way to spend your time is in personal practice because that's what's going to turn you into the person that you want to be who has the life that you want to
0: live. And yeah, just opening up the conversations more and more too and making it not so much of a taboo topic. And um, I think that will just uh, overall help everyone so much. And I love that that's, you know, it is being talked about more. So like the majority of listeners and people who follow along are ages like 25 to 34. And, you know, I see a lot of, Within my friend group, at least, you know, a lot of people have student debts. They're trying to save for a house. They're trying to do all of the things, and life is friggin' expensive these days. Yeah. What happens to like when, when all of this is going on and then you hit that rough spot financially and, you know, something out of the blue comes up or, you know, it's just out of our control? How do can we recover from situations like that? What are some like actionable steps?
1: Yeah. And that's going to happen. Like that is, that is life. The refrigerator is going to break, you know, the roommate's going to move out and you're going to either have to pay more rent or find another roommate or, you know, life is going to ebb and flow. You know, I always say, expect, expect this to happen. And really two things, there are two things. Number one is, Don't be afraid to live lean for a little while to get ahead. You know, like for me, reflecting back on my path to debt elimination was living at home with my parents really helped me because I reduced the biggest line item of my budget, which was rent. And I know that, you know, we all want our own apartment and we want our own car and we want, but you know, if we've learned anything from COVID, it's that it does take a village and we're not separate. And there's no reason for us to be separate and coming together in community. And if there's a way to do that, to reduce your expenses, like instead of buying something, borrow it, you know, instead of buying something that you're you're going to use one time, um, you know, see if a friend has it. There's so many different ways to reduce your spending on things that you don't really need that you think you need. So, you know, I would say that if you could create a situation where you could live super lean for like a year, just know that everything is temporary. That will help you get ahead because life is very expensive. And the second thing is you really do want to save 20% of your income. And I know that sounds like a big number and I'm talking about net income. Okay. So if you can create a lifestyle where you are able to save 20% of your income on, you know, a month, then you will be able to pay off your debts, put money in savings, put money in your retirement accounts. And then once you've maxed out your retirement accounts, that's when you want to start investing, but only then that's really the, there's no reason really to start investing unless you're buying a house for yourself. That is a great first investment is a roof over your head because you can pay off a mortgage and never have to pay rent again, not to mention the passive income because of appreciation, not to mention how much your net worth goes up when you own property. So there are so many benefits to buying real estate. And, you know, I would say that if you're thinking right now, okay, well, I've got a little bit of credit card debt. I've got some student loans. I have a payment on my car. The first thing to do is to focus on paying off your high interest rate debt, only pay more on your highest interest rate card. And for the rest of those cards, just pay the minimum because we want to super concentrate the power of your dollars on that one high interest rate card or loan until it's gone. And then when it's gone, you take what you were putting towards that one to the next highest interest rate card Until it's gone. So you can see how your lifestyle doesn't change through this process and give yourself three years and you can have those credit cards, car loans, and student loans paid off. That's a good tip.
0: How would like for people who are interested in investing? I know you mentioned real estate, but what are some good ways to sort of break into that world if for someone who has literally no idea (laughs) about (laughs) it and um, you know if they're starting to think they're at a place in their life where they're like okay I'd love to you know do something a little bit more with my money How, how does one break into that world
1: yeah well you know first I would say don't invest if you have high interest rate debt if you're not maxing out your retirement accounts and if you don't have six months of essential expenses saved in what I call a lighthouse fund Um, You're not ready to invest, but if you are debt-free and you've got six months of essential expenses saved in a lighthouse fund, and you also do need another savings account, I call it your goal getter account because... Um, as life goes on, you will need money. You will need money to go on that vacation, to start the business, to take time off. So you can find another job, whatever it is, take time off to care for someone you love. So, you know, you do need, um, at least two savings accounts, and then you want to max out your retirement accounts. Why? Because retirement accounts are tax advantaged and taxes are the biggest expense you're going to pay in your whole life. And when you're putting money into your retirement accounts, yes, it's earmarked for your future. But there's a point when you can max out your accounts. And when you've maxed out the amount of money you're allowed to contribute, then you're ready to invest. And you only want to invest when you understand what you're investing in. Okay. So there are so many different places to invest your money. And let's not forget that you are also an investment. You can invest in yourself, you are your own money maker. So if you work with your hands or you do manual labor, getting a weekly massage could be an investment in yourself so that you can do your work better and do your work longer and be sustainable in the in the career that you've chosen so you can invest in yourself you can invest in a you can invest in a home for yourself you can invest in starting a business you can invest in digital currency you can invest in the market and when i say the market i mean you know publicly traded companies and bonds And you know, there are other money tools like money market funds and stuff. But typically when people talk about investing, they mean, how do I invest in the market? And I always say like the very best way to invest in the market is a strategy called dollar cost averaging. And what it means is that you buy, for example, low cost index funds. Okay. Low cost means it's their, their, um, the fee to purchase them is low and index funds are basically funds that are based on the market. And I don't want to go too far down this road, but dollar cost averaging means you you buy the same dollar amount of an index fund every single month. And we know that the market historically over the past 100 years has returned about 8 to 9% for stocks and and a little bit less than that for bonds but stocks pay dividends because we know that you can you can expect that return by dollar cost averaging, whether the market is up one month or down one month or up, down, et cetera, because that's what's going to happen in reality. Like you're going to invest hundred bucks and the next month it's going to be 80. And you're like, what? And then the next month it's 93 and then, you know, 82, and then it goes up above 100. But historically over time, the market has increased. And so that is the quote unquote, safest way to invest. And you always want to invest. This is Warren Buffett 101 right now. You want to invest for the long run. You know, if you're thinking about buying an Apple stock or Hershey stock or Nike or whatever, you're just going to get in and get out. It's a very, um, it's volatile and it's, it's a risky game to play. But here's the thing is that when it comes to money, the more risk you take, the more, um gains you can earn but also at the same time the more money you can lose so that's why i always say like the best use of your dollars is that guaranteed like you're gonna have the money no matter what when you pay off your debt you're literally saving yourself so much money because of how expensive it is to carry debt. When you put money in savings accounts, it's insured by the banks. We're lucky enough to live in you know, the U.S. or Canada or you know, other places where our money in savings accounts, we know it's going to stay there. But once you start putting money into your retirement accounts and your investment accounts, it's no longer guaranteed. And so that's why I always go back to, you know, real estate, as long as you buy responsibly, generally real estate is going to appreciate now, not always, but generally speaking, it's going to appreciate and you have something that you can sell at the end of the day. So, you know, investing is, it's such an interesting topic and there's so many ways to invest. And so if you're listening and you want to do more with your money, the first thing I would say is like, first ask yourself if you've, you've, First built those those first three pillars, maximize your cash flow, eliminate your debt savings and, you know, maxed out your retirement accounts. And if that's the case, then you want to ask, okay, where do I want to be in five years? Because if in five years you want to be a successful business owner with sustainable revenue and maybe some passive income streams, which would be totally awesome then that could be a good use of your money. Maybe investing in a course that's going to teach you how to create those revenue streams. That might be better for you right now than throwing your money in the market and crossing your fingers. That's really good advice.
0: I would love to, like, before we wrap up, do you have any quick and dirty, you know, money tips for us? Because as you just mentioned, sort of, you know, making sure you have six months emergency, you know, in case you lose your job or whatever, do you have any other like little tips for, for saving or just everyday? day, little things that we could implement into our life.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll finish with the the last two golden rules of money. So we already talked about, about the first one, which is earn more than you spend. The second one is pay yourself first. You are the most important thing, not your expenses. And there are so many expenses, especially during COVID. Like get in touch with me if you are having a hard time paying your bills, because a lot of lenders are allowing you to go into forbearance, which can totally help you stockpile cash right now. I mean, there are just so many programs right now because of COVID. But anytime you get money, pay yourself first and then pay your expenses. And when I say pay yourself first, I mean, money comes in and set up an automatic transfer transfer from your personal checking account to your savings accounts. Maybe you have two savings accounts and just, if it's 10 bucks a month, if it's a hundred bucks a month, set it and forget it that way. Every month, you know, that you can just rest easy. Like your, your money is increasing. Your debt is going down because you set up that automatic payment for more than the minimum to that highest interest rate card. And that's how, you know, time is going to go on. Like one day you are going to wake up and you're going to be personally wealthy if you start to implement these things. So, you know, pay yourself first. And then the the third golden rule of money is to give every dollar a purpose. What I mean when I say that is if you know that in the next 30 days, you're going to get $10,000 from your business or your job or all of your different sources of income. Maybe you have one, maybe you have multiple. I'm a big proponent of having multiple streams of income. You want to have a purpose for all every single one of those dollars. Like 5000 is going to spending. 2000 is going into savings. 1000 is going into retirement. And so at the end of the month, in theory, okay, this isn't black and white because personal finances are not black and white. If you've ever tried to budget, you know, because every month we earn and spend a different amount of money. That's reality. That's life. But that's why I love the wealth strategy that the template that I talked about earlier, because it does help you create an average monthly cash flow. When you give every single dollar a purpose, then your checking account will go to zero every month. And that's good because you don't want money to just sit in your personal checking account because there it's not working for you at all. Like the point of the pillars of wealth are so that you're maximizing the value of every dollar you have today. And we know debt is expensive to carry, but savings accounts come with returns, and that's really cool. So you wanna get the highest returns you can on your savings accounts. In retirement accounts, the money is invested in the market. And we already talked about what is the average return over the past 100 years, where it's somewhere between eight and 9%, maybe seven to 9%. That's a much higher return on your money, but it's also not guaranteed. And so this is a strategy. Like building wealth is very much a strategy. It's not a willy nilly like, oh, you know, I'll just let this happen. No, if you plan nothing, you go nowhere. But just like a little bit of planning, I call it a money date. Like every single month on a Saturday morning, I get out of bed. I'm still in my PJs. I put a blanket on. I get out my cup of coffee and I get out all my statements and I just relax and I look at my money and I update my wealth strategy, I update my loan balances, I update my savings account balances, my investment accounts, and you can see your net worth going up. And just again, just creating that awareness helps you know like, okay, this month, like this month, I need a minimum of XYZ to pay my my bills and my spending and all the rest is gravy. And you can really start to think about that. And, and that's when money b- can become really fun. Thank you for that. Um,
0: yeah, I'd love if you could just share with us,
1: you know, where we can find your book, your website, where we can find you online. Yeah, thank you. So my website is financialimpact.com and um, join join my newsletter because I send out a ton of really great wealth building resources. And then of course you can find me on Instagram at Holly is my Handle, H-O-L-L-Y-M-O-R-P-H. Amazing. Thank you so much, Holly. This was great. That
0: was such a great conversation. I feel like I learned so much from Holly and I wanted to just sum up a few of my favorite takeaways from this episode. So number one, money is just like anything else in life. You need to get clear on your why and the root of your why. Why do you want to be wealthy? What are those feelings you're after when it comes to money? Um, you know, beyond all the material things, what is it, what is it in life that you truly value? Number two, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it matters how much money you keep that is a powerful one. Number three, to calculate your impact number. So in the next 30 days, write down how much money you expect to bring in and how much money you expect to go out with all of your expenses. So subtract those two numbers and whatever that leftover number is, that is the money that you have to put to its highest and best use. Number four, don't forget that you are an investment too. So investing in bettering yourself. You know, what are those things that you can do to perform better at work or to advance yourself in some way, shape, or form? I think that's a really important one to keep at the back of your mind always. And number five, so the three golden rules of money. Number one was earn more than you spend. The next was pay yourself first. And the last one was give every dollar a purpose. And I love the whole idea of being so intentional with your money. You know, if you're living with intent in other areas of your life, why are you not doing the same thing with your money? So... This whole episode was definitely a big mindset shift for me and as I said, you know, I feel like I learned a lot. It made me a lot more motivated to get clear and a lot more intentional with my money and start creating some of that wealth. You know what I'm saying? So otherwise, yeah, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm going to leave all of Holly's details in the description box. So if you want to connect with her, you can do so there. And other than that, I will catch you next
1: week.